Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson. Welcome to My Seven Wonders. In ancient times, hanging gardens, great pyramids and other superstructures were celebrated as wonders of the world. And like days of the week and deadly sins, there were always seven of them. But what are the seven wonders you've put on your personal list? That's the question I ask my guests in this podcast and on this stage. And the guest I'm asking today is a writer, she's a comedian, she's a she's a thinker, she's a, she's an actor, she, she does all sorts of things. Uh, so please welcome... Um, well, it used to be from Scotland, but uh, not anymore. Uh, Lynn Ferguson. <laughs> Lynn. Oh, 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 oh. No, okay, sorry. I, I'm um, I'm awkward like that. I liked it in COVID times, and oh. nobody nobody went near each other. But that, you're that, so cuddly, Clive. Oh, I, am I? You are. Don't you think he's cuddly? <laughs> like, oh, I could. You've got to say yes to that just don't, for the hell of it. Don't you think he's cuddly? No. <laughs> no. 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 Oh. I'm being heckled in the course of another person uh, talking to the audience. So, Lynn, uh, yes. welcome. I mentioned you Thank from you. Scotland, from, uh, Cumbernauld. from Cumbernauld, yes, I which am, splits yeah. the difference between Edinburgh and Glasgow in a way, right, doesn't it? So, it does. But you now live somewhere live west of that. I live yeah. in Los Angeles, I know. Yeah. Which, no, Ooh, yes. it's, Ooh, honestly, yeah. it's like Grangemouth when it rains, yeah. right? So this whole thing when people do that, oh, I live in Los Angeles, yeah. and it's, it's not glamorous. I have, it's not. I don't, I've never lived there. I have been there. I've worked there. You and, have? Where, and it, whereabouts? Oh God, we we play we we made some um, whose line it anyway. We used to program yeah. whose lines anyway, and there was a it was becoming an American series. So I was doing yeah. the last one of the British series, and then there were the, so we went and made I don't know we made it there in some Did some film studio. Did they waste it? I bet they wasted it. No, no, so it's been fine. The only thing was, is when you're meeting people and they say, oh, you, who's you? And then, who are you? Oh, I'm uh, Clive Anderson. I present the British series. Yeah. And there was, uh, <laughs> there was nobody's interested in me from the American side. So we tried, So the guy who produced it here, he's yeah. produced it in America. He did it uh, on one network and then he's done it on another network. So so consider we start, this is this is not the show. This is me chatting, chatting about myself. <laughs> you're also interviewing me. So whose lines anyway? Dan Patterson invented. Yeah. We did it on Radio 4. Then he did it on Channel 4 here. Then he did it on ABC and then... And he did it on CW oh. Network, whatever that is, which I think that's just come to See, an... I didn't know that. I actually thought that it was American and then it came here. No, 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 no. Wow. But he always liked American improvisers, so we always had quite a I lot just, of Americans. You know, yeah. I am I am actually technically an American. Yeah. Right? Like I've got an American passport and everything. Yeah. And I do like America, but they waste stuff. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the chase, I really am a big fan of the chase. That nearly went on as one of my seven wonders. The chase? Right? Oh, right. Well, that's shame you didn't. Well, yeah, because I love Bradley Walsh. Yes. He is almost as cuddly as you, right? Well, I, almost. I, I don't know. I'll get into that debate, but he's yeah. brilliant on that oh, show. He's definitely. brilliant in everything. Yeah. He but, just, uh, and he's not one of my seven wonders either. All right. But um, the chase in uh, America, they've put sort of pretty people on. Yeah. And then they do a thing where, like, when somebody wins, they go, woo, like yes. that. And you're like, stop that. Yeah. It's not that kind of thing. It's but not I, for pretty people, the well, chase. I wasn't expecting to talk about the chase, but but the thing that amuses me about that, they obviously set it up to be these ferocious chasers yeah. and are giving them really a hard time. Yeah. And they can't quite go through with it, really. No. Even the ones who try it, it's clearly just a bit of a laugh. And uh, uh, But I, it's a strange thing. I want do the chasers... Do they have like a budget that they mustn't waste, or is does it matter to them whether they win? Because it's a rather hey, cruel job. We isn't could it? do an expose documentary, yes. you and me, well, on you, the budget. Like, of go the on chase. to Celebrity Chase. You could no, be a, a contestant. I can't do quiz shows. I can't do quiz shows because I can't remember nouns. Like, I, if if you say to me who was the person who did that thing, I'll be like, oh, oh yeah. man, that's sting me. You know, yeah. we. Like yes. That. No, I know. I have the Which same problem. You, but I, is it? Are we getting old, or is it? I uh, don't know. Yeah. In America, I tell people I'm speaking the Gaelic, so <laughs> and I get away with it. And, I and go, you make oh, up a no, different name. Thing, me, and yeah. they're like, oh, is that the Gaelic? And I'm like, yeah, listen out for it. <laughs> 
Yeah, Gallic's yeah, big in Cumbernauld, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can, it is. Yes. No. Now, look, but you're here. You're here in Edinburgh. You've flown in from LA to do this show, but you've got. You've probably Only got your this. own show. You've got your own show too. What's What's that called? It's Storyland. It's called Storyland, and it's on at the Gilded Balloon. And last, I started doing it last year, and um, it was kind of a kind of a hybrid chat show thing because mm-hmm. i have a thing about when you come to edinburgh it should be an interesting thing that you do like i like it to be unusual yeah um so it was part chat show and you were on it last yes, year and yeah. you sculpted the show for me hi you, you clive you did <laughs> don't you be frightened when i say sculpted because um, it's a good thing isn't it sculpted oh, no, it's yes, a brilliant yes, thing yeah. because <laughs> <laughs> Because I was doing like story, story, telling my stories and doing stories and all that thing. And then it came to a bit where I would invite someone on and I would uh, do this exercise where you could tell a story about what someone's life is like by asking them a question. And and it was Clive and I asked him to come on and he went, don't want to come on. (laughs) We just want to hear the end of the show. Just do the show. So then this year it's a solo show and it is just about story and what people are and what we are. As people, well, we, we've sort of accidentally gone to what is really your fifth wonder, well, but, let, but let's stay there while we're okay. there. So, 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 stories is one of your wonders. I Sto- so, what is absolutely, absolutely love story, and I absolutely love story from hearing stories from other people. I mean, I do believe that we are biologically meant to receive story, yeah, because and that's why gossip and everything is like such a thing, but um. But you, what are you meaning by story? You mean a, a, a sort of factual account, but you can play around with it a bit, a, a, um, a curated facts to make it into more of an anecdote or something? I think there's a thing with writing, as uh, you'll know, where they do a character when you're writing or you're acting is what they say, what they do, and what other people say and do around them, yeah. right? And that's what I mean by story. And like I believe that story is about the transfer of information, um, from one person to another. So, like, for example, the first one, because I was thinking about that, because I thought he's going to ask me about what, I, give me an example. So, like, my great aunt, right, my aunt, my grand sister, she was in South Africa during the war, right? Mm-hmm. And um, during the war, and her husband was fighting those darn Nazis, and he ended up in a prison camp, yeah. and she had to come back from South Africa um, because everything was getting really bad. And on the boat back, she got torpedoed, right? Her yeah. and her daughter got torpedoed out by a German U-boat, and it was just before Hitler had said, don't pick up survivors, and they did pick up survivors, this guy yeah. did. And so she got brought uh, on the U-boat and then transferred to a, a ship. And uh, in the transfer to the ship, they lost her six-year-old daughter, right? They never found her. Oh. And um, which, and, like, as a child, I was like, whoa. So that is a, is a piece of information where immediately it's like it starts films in your own head where you're like, how does that feel? What would that be like? How would yeah. I handle it? And then we were sitting drinking a wee sherry one night, me and my auntie, and I said to her, when Johnny, her husband, came back from the war, what did you say? Did you talk about this child? And he went, and she said, we never mentioned it. We never talked of it again. Yeah. And what that did is it made me think about, like, you can understand the whole story of that scenario. Yeah. And, and I think when story is told beautifully, it allows you to see the world from a perspective that thankfully you don't have to actually enter into. Yeah. What's it's what makes me mad when we get the same kind of plasticine, um, you know, motorway sandwich story about refugees or whatever, where you're like, these are real people mm. with real things that have happened to them. Like they breathe the same air as yeah. us, and they're made up of the mm. same molecules. And we, uh, when we're fed this, you know, and this sort of vanilla story about them then we do not understand their situation and we do not learn from it so i i love story because i believe that we were given the 
ability to receive it because it's meant to um, yeah. make the species survive. But interesting, you've you've mentioned your your great aunt yeah. and the the tragedy and the whole thing about, and then you, you're obviously mentioning passing refugees. Yeah. But in both in both examples, those are dreadful times that people are going through. But they and these stories that come out of it are so intense. But but do you do you think everybody's got stories oh, like totally. that? Because those of us who've not had to fight you in a have war. got stories no i know i know but we haven't had to fight a war we haven't had uh we haven't had to get into a boat to go across water you, you know yeah. we, so in, in some ways you're trying to avoid having to i always try to yeah. say to my well they're grown-up children now when something goes wrong on a holiday or something so no this is great you've got an anecdote now uh because you had to sleep yeah. on sleep in a field because the hotel was it you know whatever or you lost your well lost your passport they're always doing uh and you've well, got and you've got a you know all the, there you've got a story whereas if you just Go on a package tour, and it's all lovely. And you and you sat on the beach, and you came home. There's, nobody's interested in That's that. That's true. So, my yeah. my dad used to say this thing about any idea can be a success. Yeah, you know, can can be comfortable and look brilliant and a success. But it's not until you're dealing with something where you can look stupid or be challenged that you really know how strong you are. Right. Now, I want, to get, I want to get on to your wonder. We've kind of covered stories, Story. I think. We, uh, I, I could I th- go on about stories for no, days. Well, well, okay, if there's time, we'll do a bit more later. But, <laughs> but your to. first wonder, as you, yeah. all I get is a, sort of the, uh, just a one word or a couple of words on these, so I don't always know where it's going to go. But your first wonder of the world yeah. is chickens. Yeah. Yes, okay. It's and a, what's your problem with I have that, no Clive? problem. You, you've got some very interesting, simple wonders coming up. I don't know where they're going to go. So chickens, I know chickens as a foodstuff. I don't know if that offends anybody who's vegan or vegetarian yeah. here. There are lots of chickens in the world. The big, there's more chickens than any other bird, I know. But which aspect of chickens are you oh, going for? chickens. Everything yes. about chickens. Well, I keep chickens. I have chickens. Yes. Um, I hatched, we hatched chickens uh, from eggs. And I have, currently, I have, um, we have nine chickens, eight in a rooster, two of them died. There's a terrible thing that happens when your chicken dies. Yes. Which is people say, are you going to eat them? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Do you say that about your granny? Oh, my granny's died. Are you going to eat her? No. But well, I like, suppose we don't say that. No, That's interesting. But, but like uh, when you're at, oh, my dog died. Yeah. Oh, really? Tasty. No, it's horrible, right? Now, now, come on, be fair. Your dogs, I don't think, are tasty. And no, no I wouldn't oh, think grannies are other. Chickens are. I, they admittedly, are tasty. They're made of meat, tasty. chickens. But so, here's my yeah, point about yeah. chickens. They are, like the, Whenever you are unhappy, if you are ever unhappy, watch some chickens running. It's hilarious because yes. their feet hit the ground like it's a surprise. Yeah. They're like, whoa, hello, what's this? But the what? other thing about the chickens, am I shouting at you? I feel like I'm quite shouty. It no, could you're be not. My no. it's, it's am a I shouting? Am I shouting yeah. at you? Just checking. It's, um, uh, it's, there's I'm a certain way in uh, where talking in Scotland, even more so actually in New yeah. York. If you go to New York, everybody's shouting the whole <laughs> time. So it's quite, if everybody calmed down and quietened down, we could get out to a normal level. But, so true. Yeah. Heathrow. Yeah. Like at Heathrow, uh, like you go LAX to then Heathrow and then I uh, flew to Scotland. And I landed in London. Everybody's just angry at everybody. Oh. I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, no, the point of chickens, right? Like, they are a little ridiculous. But when you have chickens, there's a thing that you notice about the miracle of a chicken laying an egg. When you think of the size of a chicken and the size of an egg. Yes. And chickens lay that pretty much every day. Yeah. And that is sort of extraordinary. And I do find myself sometimes, particularly in the entertainment industry, where I look at people and I'm like, you could be as productive as a chicken if you tried. Yes. Like, you could make something every day if you wanted to, All but right. you don't. So, I, so I, uh, what, is that applied to you as well as a writer? You know, you write a lot of stuff, but do you yeah. have times when you're the equivalent of egg-bound and you oh can't, my God, and you can't, yeah. you, you can't oh, yeah. get it out? As it were. I was talking to someone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it comes out that end well, when you're writing. But no. it's, yeah. See, it's chickens. That makes yeah. you do that, right? Yeah. You know, I do. There was, I used to have a, a manager. I loved her very much because uh, she was so rude. And she used to say to me, darling, that's not a first draft so much as it's some used pieces of paper. Oh. Uh, she was cruel. She was yeah. great, though, but she was cruel. No, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm that productive, really. I do stuff because I, I feel like I need to. And I don't mean that in a kind of, like, 
um, if I don't, I'll explode. But I, strangely enough, I really do like people, which yeah. is unusual because I'm from Cumbernauld. <laughs> and, um, and I think that there is something with making things that if you can make stuff uh, that, that lets people forget or have a picture of something else or takes them somewhere or gives them just half an hour where they can switch off from something that's bothering them, yeah. then I think there's a point to that. And that's as productive as laying an egg for me. I wondered whether your attachment to chickens comes from the fact that you chicken had run. a role in Chicken Run, in your Mac. In I chicken. am. And I, then I thought, oh, I know this Chicken Run 2 coming up. Yeah. And there's been a little bit of recasting. I wonder if this can be an awkward thing. But you're in Chicken Run 2 as well. I am in Chicken Run 2. You survived the I've the also cull. done a wee bit of piano playing in Chicken Run 2. Um <laughs> I have the, I just love Ardman. Yes. Really, really, really love them. And all the things that you think you might think about Ardman are true. Yeah. Which is you go, are those just like guys that wear sweaters and do brilliant things? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. they are. And, and so we were like recording, because uh, you work on it over quite a long period of time. And we were recording it during the pandemic. So like all over LA, everything was like completely closed down and people were like afraid. There was a lot of just people like what's happening and mm. you know losing everything. And then I'd go into a recording studio and everything was all wiped down and they were spraying the air, yeah. do you know, cause your voice and everything. Yeah. And I'd go in there and then you would do something with the sole purpose of making people happy. Yeah. It doesn't, it, it's like, yeah, there's a little bit of politics in it, but the way that they they make those movies is to take you into something where it will make you laugh out loud. So you, do you do the voices first and then they make the pictures to fit with that, or do you see the pictures and have to fit your voices too? Uh, both. It's, a, it's weird. I sort of think this will make me sound like a complete arse, like nothing else has, but <laughs> the, um, it's a bit like opera in a way. Because it's all about yeah, right. (laughs) But it's about sound. So like you'll do you do like a raw line, you'll do the lines and then um and then they'll animate around it. And then you have to look at so for example, you do a line, but it might be that they're gonna do it on a long shot rather than a close up. So that'll change the way that you would do your voice according Uh to what the thing was. And then it's so expensive to do this kind of why I ended up that I'm additional material um, because it's so expensive to do uh, stop motion that literally if you add four extra words, that costs as much as a small car. Yes. Right? Yeah. So like periodically I'd go in and I'd go, sweetie, Sam, who's just, Lovely. Yeah. Do you want me to save you a small car? And he's like, mm. if you could. Yes. Right? Um, so you tidy up the lines. You do. Them, and yeah. then the last session that you do, which is the hardest one, it's always the one where I'm like, I hate this. Yeah. It's, I love it, but the, yeah. the, it's hard because what you're doing is you're just putting down the sound of all of the kind of background action. So mm. there's loads of falling over or yeah. swirling down. Like, do the noise, Clive. What do you think? What noise would you do as a Scottish chicken? Falling down a pole and landing on where your eggs come from. Ah. Right? No. Ah, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what know, the? <laughs> you're in the wrong job. Well, you should be you there. Know, I, I, I don't know too much about me talking in these uh, these interviews, uh, but I know a couple of people who write write for those those yeah. chicken films. And you know, they used to write for me years ago in, oh, uh, in, in uh, with, you know, gags and things. And I'm always dropping heavy hints that uh, you must need a voice of something like mine. Get- uh, to- yeah. I think you would totally work for Artman. Well, the only time I've ever come close to doing a voice, if there was somebody making um, an animation and uh, there was a there was a devil and it was set in sort of afterlife. There was a devil. They said, oh, you can, you, you, we would like you to be the devil. So we yeah. made a little, like a pilot. We never went anywhere. So I went and, and I said, right, what sort of voice do you want me to do for the yeah. devil? And they said, no, your voice. <gasps> just, do, just do how you speak. My voice sounds like the devil. Yes, in our vision of the thing. But, but was it a reasonable devil? 
was it like kind of not like a big whoa satanic exorcist devil well, but it was like, just like me he was just a, a, apparently i am a devilish person <laughs> according to <laughs> i once uh sorry it's another of my stories but i was once interviewing harry shearer you know who does lots of the voices yeah. on the simpsons and i asked him some very naive questions because i I'd never asked people what money they get for things, but yeah. it was just he happened to be doing a play in the Park Theatre, which I've just done a play there recently. It's a yeah. tiny little fringe theatre. So I just thought, yeah, well, which pays more? Pay, you know, playing in the Park Theatre or um, the... Because I knew what he was getting because there'd been a yeah. huge strike on it. They got hundreds of thousands of or pounds totally, per yeah. episode. But my naive question was said, oh, well, if you get 300,000 pounds, it's worth flying back to L.A. to do it. He said, I don't fly back to L.A. I just go into a, yeah. a recording booth where I happen to be in the world. And he records several, sometimes people talking to each other. Yeah. And then he picks up his money. So, Well, you know, with Ardman, you don't record with anyone else. You're on your own. It's yeah. just singles. All right. So so you're still, and you're in. Uh, I um, am. The Mac, because there's been a little bit of controversy because Julia Sawala has been edged aside and, uh, um, you know, all sorts of other people. Mel Gibson, I don't think, is in it again. Is I it? But, don't <laughs> want to talk about the Mel Gibson. <laughs> I was going to ask you why he's not in it. But, uh, Where you, well, yeah. You know, when you just look at some... I was talking about this to my sister the other night. I said, you know, throughout life, you get these kind of forks in the road, right? Yeah. And there's the one where there's a fork in the road where you don't really want to take it, but it is when you're responsible and you're like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a challenge, I'll take it. And then there's the other one where you go, well, it's I could just see how things are. I'll just be yeah. myself in that. And you go, well, that's, that's a risky yeah. decision. And I feel like poor Mel Gibson has made a lot of, yes, that's a decision for you, yeah. things, you know, wrong fork in the road. Yeah. I think you were talking about his Scottish accent in uh, Braveheart, oh. obviously, but that's where he went wrong. Not yeah. as bad as Christopher Lambert. Oh. When he did Bunny Heather, I was like, geez, have you got a rabbit? Right? <laughs> My Bunny Heather. I'm like, what the hell is that? They're, they're the voice coaches, aren't they, to, to sort these things out? But yeah. sometimes it doesn't matter. Like that's Dick, your celebrity, Dick, though, isn't it? Dick Van Dyke's oh. Cockney accent. It's, fan, it's fantastic, isn't it? He's such a great guy. He's, he is so good, though, Dick yeah. Van Dyke. I think you got to let him away with it. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it was a weird oh. version of... Uh, anyway, uh, let's go on to your second wonder, second which ones. keeps us uh, reasonably close to home. It's Millport on the Isle of Cumbrae. Oh, I love Millport. Have you ever been there? I haven't been there, but I did used to spend my, my summer holidays going to Butte and then also Ayrshire. Oh, so I've, right. I've, we've looked at it. My father's pointed at yeah. it and described it. And we never. Aren't you part Scottish? Yes, yeah, yes, see? yes. So. Um... Yeah, so I've 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 looked at Millport from well, not particularly afar, but it's it's across yeah. that bit of the water. The water. And uh, so now, what? Why? Why do you choose Millport? Was that? I did you used to go there? Used or? to go there as a, a kid with my family, and for a while, uh, my parents had a little room and kitchen there, a little flat. But I, I think that Millport is like there's a lot of Scotland that is just sort of perfect. Yeah. You know, but because Scottish people tend to not big up themselves, you know, they're not like, oh, well, we're magic. Then it kind of gets ignored. Yeah. The thing with Millport is it's the perfect size for a wee island. And yeah. you can, well, it's the Isle of Cumbria. You can cycle around it, right? It's got some of the most beautiful beaches, right? Like Cames Bay is kind of mind-blowingly beautiful. It sells ice cream, pies. It's got a joke shop. Yeah, and there's a place that you can hire bikes, and it it's like it just seems to me that if you were doing a tick list yeah. of all the things that you would want on your holiday, Millport there. would be there. Yeah, it would just have all of it. I think it's it, the thing with Millport is it has everything in quite a condensed space, and uh, and it's everything you could possibly want. You can even go looking for crabs if you wanted to, which is a terrible thing that I wish I'd not said, which is like that fork in the road because yeah, okay. we're at and an it's Edinburgh handy. Fringe. And if you're starting in Glasgow, it's it's pretty handy oh, to, to get to. Just so. get a train yeah. to Largs and then you yeah. get on the ferry and then there you are. No, it's lovely. So it's, it's lovely. a lovely place. Having said that, though, you wrote a, a radio did. series uh, and possible TV as well about Millport and you were pretty... 
um, disparaging of it, weren't you? I don't think I was disparaging. I mean, I am now, I guess, Millport people see me as Mel Gibson, right? Yes. They don't want me back there. Well, your character referred to it as a scabby wee town on a scabby wee island. Yeah. So, so well, there's why, that. Would they, why would they take exception to that? <laughs> but I think that that's a Scottish It's thing. a compliment, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there, but there is a... Well, sort of a... Yeah. There, there's a... One, the thing with Millport is that, yeah, this, the lead character is very disparaging about it, but all the other characters, uh, I, the way that I wrote it is I wanted everybody to have their own catchphrase and, and not to have any characters that didn't matter. Right. And uh, and that, I do think with Millport that there's a little bit of everything that you're looking for, so there was that, yes. right? But I, I wanted to write something about Scotland. It was very much of the time where it's it's... It was difficult when people wrote about Scotland then because it was either all high the new and my bonnie Heather and blah, 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 or it was all everybody shooting up round the corner and everything. And I, I was like, there's a quaint madness about yeah. Scotland where um, people are really interesting but a bit eccentric. Yeah. And one of the things that I think is inherently Scottish and runs through a Scottish vein is... I must not boast about myself. Yes. I must diminish what is around me because I don't want anybody to think I'm English by yeah. being cocky. Yes. Right? <laughs> um, so I, I, yeah. I wanted to write. I don't know that I would write it the same way now, mm. but I, in my own way, it was a compliment. Do you know? Because mm. I, I, like, I don't know about you, Clive. Do you keep resentments? Oh, a few, yes. Because <laughs> we tried to pilot it as a TV show for uh, BBC and Selena Scott wrote uh, a big expose on my pilot in the Sunday Mail saying, I never watched it, but if it's anything like BBC Scotland does, it's terrible. <gasps> and I have judged her harshly. Oh, no. Oh, for the rest of my <laughs> life. In fact, right, yeah. when in my last breath as I'm lying on my deathbed, yes. it might be, fuck you, Selena Scott. <laughs> oh, wow, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's not one yeah. of my wonders. No, yeah. no. I did a TV series, a sort of reality series, I suppose, which was a dog. It was a dog series. You, you got yeah. a celebrities got a dog, a two-year-old dog to train, and we got. A, I don't know if anyone saw it. Uh, it was. It's, it's the same sort of format as uh, you know, Strictly Come Dancing, mm. and I wanted to call it Strictly Come Dogging, but I've already done. <laughs> I've already done a dogging joke, so I can't. Do it. Anyway, she won it. She was. She and, yeah. and she won it because well. she, she she deserved to because she had a really nasty dog. And over the course of the well, week, she trained it. Well, I nearly said so. something there, yeah. right? which, which was something about like meets like yeah. there, but I'm not yeah. going to say that. Shall I tell you this story just to amuse you? Yep. Because uh, so week, whatever it was, four or five, it was an agility week. And my dog was quite good at that. And her dog was, was big. And so they got a bit of a mess and she got knocked over. And then we had to come and sit on the... It was a live programme, so we had to sit in the sort of the front mm. row. And she was sitting there like this. And... Uh, so, so you don't worry. It's just only one week. You won't get voted out. Yeah. So it's not that. As the dog knocked me over, uh, my bra straps uh, snapped, oh my God. and she had a see-through blouse on. So I'm sitting just like this to stop uh, exposing myself on television. Oh so I thought God. this is this is what I went to television for. Don't you? <laughs> to me, <laughs> I'm sitting next to somebody. Don't hot. you make me like her, Clive? <laughs> don't you make me like her? She was a very good dog trainer. She well, did very well. I don't know what yeah. she's doing now, but I'm yeah. sure if it's anything like she's done before, it's going to be rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very crowded. She hadn't seen your program, and then no, still, that's was what ruled, bothered yeah. me. I no. don't. I honestly do not mind somebody going. I don't like your stuff. Yes, you do. But uh, it, well, it's worse I, if they I haven't don't seen it. If yeah. they don't, because I, it, that's part. It comes back to the thing about yeah. story, right? Yeah. Because if you understand that nobody ever can or ever will see the world exactly as you do, which is story, yeah. right? Then the idea that anybody else on the planet would agree with you entirely is deluded, right? Because right. everybody sees things differently. So I don't mind if people get mad at me. So you're, I don't like you're, it. Somewhat, you're a professional story writer in, you, you know, yeah. Millport. You've done lots of things on Radio 4, lots of things. And you've written uh, jokes for your jokes, brother, Craig yeah. Ferguson, who had, who's, I don't know what his career is now. It seems to go, he's always another bigger thing. He's a next... little bit like, he does my thing where he's like, he does something for a while. Well, or I yeah. do his thing, whatever, I have to be careful. Yeah. But like, um, 
that he'll do something for a while and then he's like, right, okay, I've done that. Now I want to do that. Yeah. It's just he moves So he's on his late, late night talk show, big yeah. talk show king for several several years, which yeah. is a big job in America. It's a big uh, thing. Um, so when you were growing up with you, and I know you've got others, brother and sister, were you very competitive in the sort of comedy no, way? To, not at to all. To make a joke, crack another joke? No, my, actually, he's a really, really lovely guy and quite, and not shy, but... He, he's he's quite private, but he, he's lovely. And I would say that a lot of growing up, he kind of was my champion. Yeah. Um. And again, that it's another thing of a, of a time, which is, you know, I I do do stuff like women in comedy and all that, but I I it always sort of surprised me when people called me a woman, right? In in that kind, and not that I, I mean it's fine, but you know, like when because my brother had this thing about. You're just funny. Don't let yeah. anybody tell you yeah. otherwise. Like, go do your thing. So, no, he was always a bit of a champion of yeah. stuff. And um, and I used to say to him things like, people judge women differently. Yeah. They do. And he's yeah. like, fuck them, just do it anyway. And okay. that was so really that was encouraging. Oh, no, but, brilliant. Really but, brilliant. But what... What was the step for you to be writing stuff for Radio 4? One Now you're in L.A. What's, what's well, taking you Well, I got there? a job because of him. I yeah. went over to be a guest on the Late, late Show. And then, uh, in fact, I went on to be a guest on the Late Late Show because I was over there on my holidays. And he said, come on the show. Yeah. And so then I went on the show and then um, they asked me back to do the 9-11 show and they took me out afterwards and said, we'd like you to come back and write for the show. And I yeah. said, no. I was like, no, I'm quite happy. <laughs> and then I called my husband and I said, hey, do you know what they've done? They took me out for dinner and they offered me a job. Wankers, right? Yeah. And uh, and he said, how much are they paying? And I told him and he went, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> and then we moved, and we moved and that was but that he's was not, it. your husband's not in his showbiz. No, so, so. He, is, he was working for the Ministry of Defence. At the oh, time, right. yeah, which was interesting when you were talking about this stuff with Trump and all that earlier yeah. on, because actually that kind of secret stuff, having these secrets, yeah. if it, if my husband had been caught with a top secret thing, yeah. it would be the jail. Yes. So even just yes. the idea right. that a big orange idiot can what? have boxes <laughs> but, of stuff but, and then go, oh, I've pardoned but, myself. I, but I can't, what, what, what does he want it for? What does he want all these secret Because he's an arse. Well, uh, but that's a very strong, anyway, it looks like, I, the way things are going, it looks like he'll be both in the White House and the jailhouse at the same time. So, so it's exciting, yeah, isn't it? He'll just be one yeah. big orange body, yeah. right? Yes. He'll be yeah. orange, Or in yes. orange, yeah. behind the orange. No. So anyway, that's, so that's, how many years ago is that that you went to LA? I went yeah. in, 2008 and yeah. I had said to him I agreed with my husband I went okay we'll go for three months yeah yeah that's I'm not directional that way I make plans and you yeah. know it doesn't work out all so. right so and, and your your brother's still there so you, you see him he or? moves about yes. you know he moves between places yeah. it's a it's an interesting thing that's I, I would love a lot of people to work in America for a, a bit. Because I think if they did, they would see how talented they were. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I do. I, I'm not saying that Americans are not great, but I, I do really genuinely believe that there is a thing about definitely Scottish, for sure English and Welsh, and, you know, Irish are just lovely in a way, but there is, there's a thing about that it, it's arrogant to allow yourself to be good at something, to congratulate yourself for your own achievements. Whereas I remember years ago auditioning for um, some American thing and um, and the casting director had said to me, you know, American actors peak at the audition. And I'm like, if you peak at the audition, what's the point in doing the job, yeah. right? Because then you're not learning. Yeah. And, and I think that there is a thing with America where they say we're great first. Yes. And then they get great. Whereas here, there's a lot of really brilliant stuff, and and you ask someone if they're good at it, and they'll go, "I'm average." Yeah. Yes, you know, yeah. I don't like to say too much. So, I, <laughs> do you think that comes to the way uh, parents uh, treat the children? They sort of squash yeah. them a bit. They're not doing it, which I think has changed a bit now. But I think things have moved. I on do. A bit. I think it's yeah. a cultural thing. I yeah. do really because you do that. Like we were backstage, and I was like, "Oh, Clive, you're marvelous." <laughs> 
Of course I'm going to come. You're marvellous. And you're like, oh, no. You're like, well, but you are. Well, do you know you, I mean? you asked me about being Scottish. I did a sh- I've just been doing a show called Me, Macbeth and I. And, and in the expanded version, I talk about my, my parentage. And when I was on telly, I saw this is a bit, you know, going off, off piece a bit. Yeah. But uh, my, my English mother-in-law... Uh, would whenever she saw my show, she would always say, "Oh, I like that. I like that thing in it. That guess in it." My father literally never said. He only ever said, "I did like that tie you're wearing." That was a very rude joke you did. Surely, and 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 my... this is and there's a true, but it's, I think funny. But so, but he did like my television. I know yeah. that because his friends told me at his funeral. Oh. So that, that, and I don't mean that to be sort of because we had a perfectly good relationship. No, uh, I yeah. totally know what yeah. you say yeah. because I, you're it right. It just wasn't the way no. in Scotland. I, I don't know if Scottish people here will commit to I wrote, you're right, I wrote yeah. so much for uh, Radio 4 at one point, I, you know, because they do the pay scale yeah. on how many minutes you write, right? And I was one grade under Harold Pinter, right? I'd <laughs> written that much <laughs> under it. Yeah. And my mother would phone up and she'd say, what are you doing? And I'd be like, I'm doing this new thing for Radio 4. And she'd go, ugh, do you have to? And I'd be like, what? And she'd, nobody up here listens to Radio 4. Nobody cares yeah. about Radio 4. Can you not do a lovely wee thing for Radio Scotland? Yes. You know, but then yeah. actually she listened to everything. It's that thing yeah. about Deep don't get cocky. Wonder. It's protection. Number three, though, where do we go with this? Thursdays is your oh, wonder of the... I love a Thursday. <laughs> Thursdays are the Christmas Eves of the week. They are... Thursdays are brilliant. They're a brilliant... Well, you know a, what a I applause, mean, right? Yeah. They're the Christmas Eves of the week. The I've days never the... heard people praise Thursdays. There's lots of songs about Mondays, Sundays, Saturdays. Uh, of a, there's, uh, no, there's, people uh, are idiots, There's though. a David Bowie song about Thursdays, Sorry. child. That's the only one I could find. And I couldn't think of it... Why? Well, you and the applauder in the right. audience are the only two people. <laughs> because, right, days of the week have personalities, right? Yeah. Even in, um, there's a thing within stand-up where people talk about Fridays and Saturdays being mm. different. And actually, I previewed this show in LA and I was doing a Friday and Saturday and I was like, I wonder if it'll be yeah. even here, like it is, yeah. you know, in the UK. Fridays are kind of rumbunctious, right? Those are the nights where, like, you'll get the audience are mouthy and everybody's a bit like, oh, it's Friday. And then Saturday is couples' night and everybody's out for the evening and they wanted to have something that they can tell people about on Monday, so it's kind of sedate. Sunday is laundry day, like, that you either, like, are cleaning out your liver or cleaning out yourself. Monday is miserable. Yes. Tuesdays are awful days. Tuesdays are the worst days of the week. Um, This is just for entertainers or or for everybody? If you look statistically at Tuesdays, if you looked at the statistics for Tuesdays, you wouldn't go out, Clive. (laughs) You would not. They're like, the the things that happen in a Tuesday, and I'm not going to tell you because it's, it would be I, like I a, play football every Tuesday night. You think that's bad? Then I'm I do. running risk. I'm I out, do. Change age. it. Change yeah. it to a Wednesday. Yeah, right? okay. Because well, a Wednesday, yeah. midweek, and then Thursday is like the Christmas Eve, right? Yeah. Because you've already had half a week, right? You've like, if it's been a bad week, you know you're coming to an end. If it's been a good week, you're moving into feeling good about yourself, right? Yeah. And then and you're coming up to the weekend. So I love a Thursday. I think Thursdays are the most underrated days. Whenever I get to a Thursday, I'm like, in fact, this is a Thursday. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. Technically. Although I think it might be a Wednesday because I'm still halfway over the Atlantic. Oh, with okay. Jetlag. All right. Um, so... Th- <laughs> Have you never thought about the personalities of the days of the week? Not in this way, no. Really? And and I think I've done about seventy of these programs, and no other day of the week has been mentioned. I don't think, or that any period. That surprises me. Yeah. Nobody's yeah. never mentioned Tuesdays. <laughs> no. I can't believe that. Honestly, even my kids, right? Yeah. My youngest kid will come home and he'll and I'll say, "How was school?" And he'll be like, "Well, Tuesday." Right, yeah. <laughs> right, and sometimes you'll see that Tuesday moves because yeah. if you don't get a bad Tuesday, then Wednesday yeah. will be dodgy. So, so are your kids American now? Do they speak like they Americans? Are they behave American. like Americans? Yeah, one yeah. of my, my eldest kid is working on the front of house at the Gilded. All right, which is 
It's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's a funny thing to see because I'm like, fly off, little bird, yes. into the dangerous world, world of entertainment. Uh, but I'm also like, what are you doing? When are you home? Have you eaten? Have you got a vest on? Mm. Like, I can't leave him alone. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Thursday. I don't. I don't think you need to expand any further on Thursdays. No. I think you've made your sensible, case. right? Yes. Yeah, well, yes. I'm, move, I'm gonna... move the soccer. Move the soccer. Look, I mean, yeah. that was the. I was talking about Lulu there. Move yeah. the football from the Tuesday. Yeah. To the Wednesday. I don't play on my own. I've got dozens of other people that just tell them. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. look at the statistics for yes. Tuesday. Talk yeah. to them about right. it, and they'll yeah. have I've that. I've had lots of injuries. Out. That's true. Right. We all do. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to your next wonder, what? which that? is love. Yeah. So you go from quite quirky, I'd say, choice of Thursdays to love—a huge topic. I don't know why we've never had a wonder of the world. Love. Has uh, nobody ever said no, love? No, I don't either. think so. Clive, who are you talking to, my friend? I'm, I'm talking to smart-ass comedians mostly. Uh, so. Right. There you go. So anyway, love. Yeah. So expand on love. For so many reasons. Sorry, I'm just going to have a wee drink. <clears throat> because you don't have to love. Like it's not, you don't have to do it, but you you do. Like, I, you know, I landed and got off the plane. My brother-in-law picked me up, went to my sister's. She made me my dinner and then I had a shower and she'd sorted out a, a really comfortable bed for me and everything because she loves me. Mm. She didn't have to do it, but she does. Yeah. And um, the thing about all of the, as many intellectual people as there have been throughout history, the one thing that people can't seem to define or understand is love, mm. right? They'll like try and write about it and then they'll go, well, it means this, but it sort of means that. It probably doesn't mean that on a Tuesday, right? Like they'll yeah. move it about. And the, and the reason that I think it's a, a wonder is I think it's very undervalued. Yeah. Because if you ask most people, or or if you're talking about you know asking yourself on a dark night of the soul, yeah. like one of the things that that you would look for is more love to be to feel loved yeah. for someone to love you, and yet we diminish it and we are peddling in the news hate and yeah. misery all the time. It's like love isn't is it's like the unimportant sibling or something like that, you know? Well, even in drama or, yeah. or novels or anything, the, the bits where people are in love and it's all contentment and, yeah. and lovey-dovey, you can use that expression, be, yeah. it's quite small because immediately you want to get on to, oh, it's a happy marriage. No, no, some adultery is breaking out right. or, or falling in love with the wrong person or there's a conflict because you shouldn't love that person yeah. or the wrong age is the wrong, you know, wrong side of the tracks or whatever. We, we're, we don't tend to make that the focus of our but And there's so many different colours of it too. Like one of the things, that maybe we were talking about that like backstage, that um, the last time I saw Clive, right, um, he was, we were doing a show at the Museum of Scotland and you arrived and I was like, how are you? And you went, oh, I said, what's wrong? You were, my wife has got her bike stolen. Yeah. And you were like all concerned about your wife and was she going to be all right? And uh, and then you were like, all right, I'll do the show. That, But that is love. That's like an illustration or something, which is you don't have to be concerned about your wife losing her bike. It it's an expensive bike, Liz. Well, I know. <laughs> you love the bike? Yeah. But, you know, like, yeah. it's that I think the thing that I would like to, I would like to celebrate it more because it's all the little beautiful things that people do for one another that I think we should focus on more rather than all the shitty things that happen naturally. Yes. Right? It's like more of a Thursday, less of a Tuesday, right? In terms <laughs> oh, that, of emotions. Yeah, that, that tells right? me, yes, yeah. Yeah. And, so you're, and you're talking about love between siblings you started with, but, you know, a man and a woman, a man and a man, woman and a woman, but, and more generally, more you know, love your, loving yeah. your neighbours, loving your friends, loving well, loving the, everybody else. If, if I mean, you, the, like, there's, again, I'm a bit Debbie Downer, but, like, when people, uh, there's, like, after the pandemic and everything, um a lot, uh, the suicide rates really rocketed. Mm. And also, and I guess maybe I think about it more because my sons are 16 and 20 yeah. and the suicide rate for young men is horrible, yeah. right? Um, and actually a whole load of depression and isolation and whatever, what the problem is, is when people think they're not lovable 
that they don't deserve love, that they have nothing to offer. And I'm like, this is like really not true. It's not true. Like everybody has something to offer. Even Selena Scott, damn it, <laughs> has something to offer. And I think that if we were more in a place where we would celebrate people's sort of lovability or the exist, I guess love exists where hope exists. And if we were in a place where we were more at home with love, then perhaps that would help a lot of mm. people who feel unlovable. So have you considered um, stop writing and becoming more of a religious leader? No. That you could uh, <laughs> no. spread this Although, message? Or even know, a politician. I didn't mean no, that. I can't do that because politicians just talk shite all the time and yeah. not even in an entertaining way. But you, but you could be one who didn't do that. You'd be one who talk, spoke for love. Do you know, I feel with a lot of politicians that it's the reason that they're doing it is because they can't play the guitar. Yes, right? yeah. Like, you know, especially in America, I have to say, because I look at you, do you know of Marjorie Taylor Greene? Have you heard of her? Oh, oh she's yeah. completely bananas. She, like, talks about Jewish space lasers and all that stuff. Oh, right. She's nuts, right. But I look at her and I'm like, if only she could play the guitar, yes, this would be, or had some discernible talent, even the tambourine. Yeah. Would work, right? <laughs> None of this shit needed wow. to happen. Yeah, it's supposed to be show business for ugly people, isn't it? That's that's what yeah. they've said about politics. Do you know what I mean? But uh, and uh, well, Tony Blair, who had made a, you know, I know yeah. he's a, I'm part of a big success as a politician. But the argument is, if he if the band he was in, Ugly Rumors, when he wanted to be Mick Jagger, if that had taken off, he'd have been doing that. He would yeah. never have gone into politics. So yeah, um, see, maybe yeah. that if we had uh, sent more love to him and encouraged him in his musical journey. Yeah. <laughs> We would all be a whole lot happier. Well, who knows? Who knows? So uh, that that's love, which is obviously a very big, uh, uh, a, a big thing, as to make us a wonder. And it's a wonder because it's marvelous. But it's a, it's, is it a wonder that it exists at all? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like chickens laying eggs. Where you're like, how does that even happen? Yeah. But that, I I do think that like you know I met my husband. Uh, my husband was the worst one night stand I ever had because we've been married now like 24 years. And sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm like, are you still here? <laughs> but like, when now, hang on, you've just been espousing love. <laughs> you've uh, now described your nearest and dearest as the worst one night stand ever. Well, and what worst, are you still here for? Worst because it was not one night, but like, um, that's what I'm. <laughs> When I met him, uh, I, I told him I was a dentist because I didn't really want... Nobody wants a relationship with dentists. Sorry, teeth yeah. people, but it's not the way of things. So I told him I was a dentist because I was like, I really want to stay single. And then, you know, stuff happened. And then I, when I met him for our sort of proper day, I remember walking... I got out of the station in Embankment and I was walking up the street and I saw him standing waiting outside this uh, bar. And it was the weirdest thing where I went, oh, it's you, right? It's always been you. Like all that other stuff that I was like, all those guys that I dated and stuff, they were, they were all meant to be rubbish mm. because it was always going to be you. Yeah. And weirdly, he had the same thing. So yeah. I, I do think it is a, like a magical thing. And yeah. do I love him? Of course I love him. But is yeah. he an arse sometimes? Yes. <laughs> and am I too? But like I can't explain what it is other than it's a huge... It's a hu the human desire to connect and feel belonging, mm. I guess. Uh, how long into your relationship or even your marriage did you tell him you weren't a dentist? And, oh, uh, uh, <laughs> and it's no good him banging on about his molar giving him problems. There's you know, nothing you could do about it. Do you know, actually, within the first six weeks, he'd been at three film premieres and he knew... Yeah. Then, yeah, can't all be about dentistry. No, they the, weren't. There was not that many. Man he done, and, I'd uh, taken him to Chicken Run, and yeah. uh, and my brother had, I think, Saving Grace, and I'd also done this terrible movie called Honest with uh, All Saints. Do you remember the All Saints? Oh yeah. And I had a terrible Australian accent, and it's awful. It's an. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I now forgive. As I think about it, I forgive all bad Scottish accents because <laughs> what I did for the Australian one was hellish. Yeah. But there's, I knew that's how I knew that he loved me, because if you can watch the person that you're dating on a big screen, 
doing a really bad Australian accent and you still want to go out with them. Yeah. That's, that's not usually the major thing, oh. <laughs> but to be honest. If yeah. you ever get the chance to see that film, you'll yeah. look at it and go, no, he should have dumped her. Uh. <laughs> right, it really was bad. I should have watched it in preparation for this discussion, no. but sadly I skipped over that part of it. So that's that's love. We Your fifth one was stories, so I think we've covered stories. Yeah. Your whole thing really is about stories, but, but just tell me about the show you're doing, because it's, again, you get somebody on and talk to them about... Stories. I, no, I way, don't. In you this don't one. do that anymore. No, no, oh. you ruined that. I'm sorry. I didn't. I, <laughs> no, I refuse to take I, responsibility for this. But talk, just tell I, us what you do. Do don't, I do? Don't blame I me. I talk about. I do story, but I do story in lots of different ways. So I do story like where I do like sort of moth type story because I worked with them. I do a story where it's a little stand up I do. I even tell a story from a book, which mm. is a real story that I pretend is not a real story, but it's a real story. Um. And it is about, I wanted, I, I want people to consider their own stories. Mm. I actually do, I had a thing about, when I started working on Storyland, I wanted to write something because everybody that I knew, every person that I knew was struggling with something. Um, and, and it felt like everybody was just a little broken, mm. including myself, right? Because we're, we're all like trying to work shit out, but all of us have got this kind of... <gasps> thing and um and so i thought I'll, what i'll do is i'll do a lovely wee piece of fiction where i can write something and say it's okay you belong here too um it's not just billionaires and guys with big cars like you matter and and i when i tried to write fiction i couldn't do it because i realized that we're being told a fiction all the time which mm -hmm. is that you don't matter and and people like elon musk are better than you and you're like no he's a dick he's not better than me <laughs> So I, what I did was I put a lot of stories together to try and structure this because I want people to consider their own stories. Okay. That makes it sound like a lecture, doesn't it? It's not a lecture, no, it's okay. No, that's good. But we've got to move on because we're going right. to run out of time for the, your, your sixth uh, wonder is cooking. I do like cooking. You love cooking, yeah. I yeah. do like, well, only because I found out when I came to America, right, when I went to America, that I could... Somebody gave me the Shish Mahal curry cookery book, which is magic. Okay. There's loads of, it's Shish Mahal's a restaurant in Glasgow, and there's loads of spelling mistakes in it and everything. Yeah. But, like, they tell you basically to make curry the way you fancy. They're yeah. like, this is how we do it, do it how you like. Yeah. And um, they don't get many Indian curry in places in Los yeah. Angeles. So people would come to my house for curry and then I could get them to like do work for me and stuff like that. And I'd pay them in curry and I was like, this cooking thing's really good. Yes. So um, like I did a whole series of uh, short videos where I scripted videos and all these people came and did videos for nothing. Like mm. Alfred Molina and all, all right. that, and like yeah. uh, Bradley Walsh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, I can't pay you, but I might make you a quiche, right? And they're like, okay. Yeah. Um, so I realised that cooking, cooking sort of brings everything together. It is a culmination of all of that stuff. It is about love and mm. it is about community and it is about, I've made you something. I just yeah. I made you that thing. I hope you like it. So you, you're, you're talking about occasions when you've kind of deployed your cooking for, for yeah. career development or whatever. Uh, but just in a normal way, if you're at home, there's maybe your husband, maybe yeah. a family member or two, child or two. What You enjoy that, that process? of? Uh... I do. We've become quite self-sufficient, really. And like I've got chickens. My yeah. husband keeps bees. I grow oh. vegetables. So like before I came here, yeah. um, we had this peach tree that was like just going about crazy. So I, I had gallons of peach jam. Yes. Uh, and then when I go back, it's marmalade season. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. You know, marmalade season, although not on a Tuesday. <laughs> Well, it's and, uh, kind of January here, isn't it, uh, yeah. for the marmalade season? So is it a different time in Los well, Angeles? Well, it depends on your tree. It depends yeah. on your citrus. Oh, you're growing the tree, of course. Yeah. We don't tend to grow the orange. You've you've forgotten about uh, the United know, Kingdom, but that, haven't you? But, no, but that's part of the thing. Like, I, I, I think that that was... Uh, I, think, I, I actually think America changed me in that way in that we, we became quite self-sufficient. So I grow vegetables and I grow... You know, like I have figs and peaches and even pomegranates and stuff like that. Oh, wow. And my husband literally, he messaged me when I got here. And it wasn't like, oh, how's Edinburgh? Are you going to be all right? He was yeah. like, you'll never believe it. OMG. And yeah. I'm like, what is it? 
And he went, harvested 40 pounds of honey yesterday. <laughs> I was like, yeah. No, he loves his bees. So uh, this sounds like this is an idyllic thing. I mean, Los Angeles to me conjures up, you know, yeah. freeways and cars and people all trying to jostle to get into films and TV yeah. thing. But you're living in some sort of farm or small holding or, or totally. allotment area. I don't know what it is with you. I oh. have brought Cumbernauld to yes. the Los Angeles area. <laughs> it's Millport. It's yeah. Millport, it's Millport yeah. that, yes. is it? Mil oh, that's right. It Millport is Millport. of the West, no. yeah. I think it's that thing. I just... Um, if life is experiential, which is what it is in the end, right? We're all only here for a blip and then we're gone. Yes. Then you try and find the bit that makes you happy, which ultimately comes back to story, which is think about what it is you want and then go find it. Now you've got one more one more uh -huh. wonder. We've just about time to do, uh, which is uh, your seventh. Puppets. 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 Yeah, what's your problem? And there's no problem with this. This of all the ones you've selected today is the oh, most sort of uh, relatable in a way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, so puppets. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, Punch and Judy on the beach. All puppets. Or the Muppets. All the, puppets. All, all puppets. puppets. Yeah. No, I think that it's one of the brilliant things about the human race is that at some point somebody picked up something and went, "I'm going to pretend this is like a dog or a rabbit or yeah. something." And actually, when we were, we, me and Craig used to do puppet shows underneath a bridge by a, a motorway, don't even ask. Yeah. Um, safety was not a thing. Yeah. But we would do puppet shows with my dad's socks. He had these really bad socks and we'd yeah. put buttons on for eyes. Right. But no matter what information you have to, like, say, if you do it with a puppet, it's always all right. Yeah. But there was a, a and sometimes I do this thing that's a secret. But like, if if somebody's really annoying me, yeah, I imagine them as a puppet. Oh no! Yeah. So yeah. there was a woman in Heathrow. This woman, and she uh, be very shouty, man. What happened to me? <laughs> it's not British Airways. It's bad fucking attitude. I was yeah. like, what the hell? And she was like, take your case to my colleague, right? And yeah. I looked at her, and I was like, she could be a squirrel. It's like a, just a squirrel, right? Yeah. That it takes the sting out of stuff. And in years, my my youngest son had, um, he still does have actually this puppet called Neil the Seal, which is a seal uh, <laughs> that's got like moving things and everything. Yeah. He always loves Neil the Seal. And um, it's just a really funny looking puppet. And when, uh, this is quite a sad story. So, it, well, it's not a sad story, but it's a, not a cheery one. Um, when I, I had, I, you know, I've talked about it before, I had cancer, I don't have cancer, but I did have cancer. And there was a bit where I'd had surgery just on early December and it nearly killed me. Like, it really was not a good thing. And my, my youngest son was nine and he was like, you are not to do this. You are not to do this again. You can't go here. They must not touch you. He was like really angry about it. And I had to promise him. That, that I wouldn't have surgery again, even then knowing that I had to, yeah. right? It was horrible. Um, so all of the stuff of handling everything was fine. And then in the January, we were queuing up for this surgery and I was like, fuck, I can't, you know? And he brought Neil the Seal through and we were doing selfies with Neil the Seal, oh, right, on the phone. And the thing about Neil the Seal that's remarkable is that he can look adorable and terrified at the same time, yeah. right? So we were doing these selfies and laughing about them. And uh, and at he, my youngest had really wanted a dog but couldn't get a dog because I was sick all the time. And we were doing these selfies and he was we were laughing and everything. And, and then the selfie uh, happened and he was laughing so loudly. I thought, now I can tell him, I can tell him. Yeah. And I said to him, uh, honey, I have to go and get surgery, but it will be the last one. And he turned to me and he went, I am just never going to get a dog, am I? Right? <laughs> um, but without the puppet and without that happening, I, I don't, we would never have gotten there. Mm. And I, I think that there is a thing about, it's just something that's brilliant about the human race, really. Mm. Who thinks that when you go, oh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a, one, I'm going to get a sock. We put eyes yeah. on it, and then it's going to be a snake. Yeah. It's like a brilliant thing. Do you know, I, I once interviewed uh, Jerry Anderson, no relation to me, you know, from yeah. Thunderbirds and all that kind of thing. So uh, he was uh, he was, a, he was a wee bit grumpy, I'd have to say. But I said, oh, great, so you must really love 
you know, puppetry. Yeah. You, know, you ever remember Thunderbirds? They used to make the sets were made yeah. out of little sort of cheap the things. They put in the strings, way. and there were, a, yeah. you know, Penelope. Uh, was it Lady Penelope? Yeah. Wasn't it? What was the the Parker? All that. Captain kind of, Scarlet. Yeah, wasn't all he Captain that. Scarlet. The fantasy. Everybody loves this. So, so, yeah. so you must really love me. He said, "No, I hated it. I wanted to be a film director. Oh. I did puppets to show that I could direct films. Then I wanted to use people and sets and things that I never was able to do it." I had to, I said, "All right, Jerry. Sorry, we, could. Wow. we all enjoyed your career, but he didn't." That's. It's. Yeah. I guess it's that thing about. Well, because also the thing with them was that I really loved the music for that, like Captain Scarlet and all yeah. that. I didn't really love Captain Scarlet and Lady okay. Penelope because it fell right. into that whole girls don't don't really do anything and guys wonder about rescue and everybody. But it had brilliant music. I've got another puppet example that I'd have throw into this discussion because yeah. near me where I live in London in Islington, there's a theatre called the Little Angel Theatre, oh, Little yeah. Angel Marinette Theatre, they yeah. called it. And it was run by a couple... Uh, called Wright, uh, Mr. and Mrs. I can't remember their first name, Mr. and Mrs. Wright. Yeah, you know, John and Lindy Wright, I've got it written down here. And one of their children was uh, Joseph Wright, except he's called Joe Wright. And he be he is the film director, Joe Wright. So he he directed Atonement and Anna Karenina and The Darkest no. Hour and all, all that kind of stuff. So so he learnt, uh, he wasn't sat down and taught it, but he, he, he would go every week, presumably, to see every show that they put on. It's still going, yeah. but uh, so that's a good example of puppetry... It's a brilliant thing. Yeah. I think it really is a, a brilliant thing. Even I had thought about uh, the puppets. I nearly, I nearly went for you know the shadow play thing where you like because that's yeah. in the same thing for me where you go, who was it thought that they would do that with their hand and go so look they're, they're a, a rabbit? Because right? a... I think that's magic. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, puppets <laughs> is a perfectly charming example. A very interesting list, if I may say so. Oh, go, really? Uh, yes. What was the weirdest for you? Was it the Thursdays? Thursdays uh, stuck <laughs> out as a. I, mean, I think love stood out as a. But I have to select the wonder of wonders, the wonder that I oh, think is do? the the right. absolute. And I'm. I, I mean, love is a great one, but that's, that seemed almost too big to be a wonder of wonders in this list. And they're, they're all good. But I think just in tribute to your childhood and mindful of a distance, I'll put in Millport the, on the Yay! Isle of Cumbria to make that your wonder of Yay, wonders. Thank you, Lynn Ferguson. Thank you very thank much. You. If you enjoyed this episode of My Seven Wonders, it would be wonderful if you could rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Thank you for listening. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creative Network.